0: Welcome back. This is uh, part two of episode 17 of the Type Silly Podcast. Episode 17 is the Rob McDougall episode. So if you didn't get a chance to catch part one, I highly suggest you do watch uh, episode one, uh, loaded with stories, so many great stories about coaching John Tavares and lacrosse from the time he was eight years old till like 13, uh, working for Don Cherry on the grapevine back in the 80s, working at the Hockey News with Bob McKenzie. Working at the Toronto Sun uh, as a cartoonist. Just so much great stuff and people he's met. Uh, this Walter Gretzky story is quite uh, quite a favourite of mine. So Rob's class guy and uh, definitely one of my favourite guests we've ever had. So make sure you catch part one. This is a fantastic. So part two uh, is a little different. We uh, we created a slideshow basically of a bunch of Rob's art and photos over the years. And uh, basically got him to tell a story behind the... Uh, prints or the paintings and the inspiration and stories associated with the people who he painted and and, uh, and provided the artwork to. So fantastic stuff. If, you, uh, if you're listening on Spotify or any of the other providers, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, you'll get even more out of it if you uh, watch the YouTube feed. Because again, you'll see the art that he's talking about. But you can still listen to all the stories, of course, through uh, uh, the Spotify app. So again, guys, thanks for tuning in. We love you guys. Uh, don't forget, slam that subscribe button. Uh, we will got lots more great content coming. So without further ado, titter-tatter, let's get at her. A slideshow of some photos that you had sent along to me, Rob. Um, so I was like, "Can do a quick talk
1: about each, like, real quick?"
0: Yeah, just just a, just a Put quick it. run through. You know, if, if there's uh-huh. any great stories in in amongst it, feel free. But we'll. Tr- there's 30, 35 Start slides total. So, uh, like I said, we can burn through them, and then just you know your recollection of doing the painting, or your inspiration, or any interactions with the players or people along the way. So, uh, just give me one second here, guys. Just,
1: like I said, I'm just. I just, replaced, I, I replaced the line. Just, yeah. Just I, go. I actually Trevor. loved it.
0: Like, oh, I didn't know much about you as an individual, obviously, other than you as an artist. And when I looked at the, uh, when the first time it caught my eye on your Facebook, I was like, holy <laughs> shit! <Yeah. laughs> that that, uh, that should make for an interesting podcast alone, if that's anything like the personality. You but
1: uh, not worrying about your brand, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, I, when I post on Facebook, I, I don't worry about. If it's going to destroy my career, I've already been good at it myself, so uh, I don't I don't sweat it, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> so right. When I do this kind of stuff, I'm just telling the people, you know what? I'm just a, I'm just just like everybody else, just trying to have a little bit of fun, you know. Yeah, no shit. Sure, don't take it too serious.
0: So this is yeah. what I pulled together.
1: Um, yeah, that's just a uh, process of how I uh, draw. Obviously, they're not they're not in the right order, and it's not your fault. It's just that I'm, know. I'm trying to figure out the orders too, but. Yeah, it's just a, a process that I've learned uh, to do. Obviously, when I do this caricature, I really, really concentrated on on who Marner is, the way he skates, the way his his jerseys flutters, and his pants are oversized, and his uh, shin pads are huge because he takes he absorbs all those shots from yeah. that point. And so I, you know, like instead of just drawing a a really Dynamite caricature of the person's face and then throw on a body like they do. I wanted to capture the whole essence of him, so that's that's what I did. So um, that one on the T-shirts, as you can see in the upper left corner.
2: Yeah, yeah I've never heard of that kind of stick before. What's the, the money what's stick? Called? Yeah, he's the the money. money. <laughs> he's money.
0: <laughs> cool detail. And no, they I, did. I love uh, I love that photo. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, like I like the details. <laughs> you know like okay you're all in uh the top left was uh that was when uh i i was in um don's living room about four days after rose his wife passed away and it was pretty devastating i mean everything about it but uh um when she was sick um i know that don and his daughter uh cindy uh Plan to make a Cindy, uh, sorry, a Rose Cherry home, and make it for kids with, uh, you know, serious serious illnesses or or terminal to make, you know, make their life happy for their last days, and so Don wanted uh, to do something, and I I wanted to contribute in some way, so I presented the this idea of turning uh, Ron McLean and Don Cherry into the scene from the American Gothic where where the uh, yeah. It has actually that the painting as the husband and wife it was actually that guy's daughter but nobody knows that, that oh i did not that, know that artists, yeah artists actually will use their sister for for posing and stuff like my dad was my best pose but like he was my best uh, model i ever had oh turn him into a lion but anyways uh the other one was um i did that for Don. i can't remember what that was about i wound up doing two rock'em sock'ems uh, covers for Don, so you guys might have got one when you were kids. As a matter of fact,
2: guaranteed I did.
1: I got I got the original on the wall right there. That's a I don't know what number that is, but yeah, uh, I did the two covers for him. But he had 14, 30, 30 covers or something. But this one here, I had uh, I I took Ron McLean out and put uh, Blue in there, and um, yeah, so Don uh, wrote. To Luba, my love, on the very top. Wish I could yeah. push that out because uh, it kind of looked weird. But hey, that was a do cherry thing.
0: Yeah, uh, no, I love the, I love, I love blue in that, in that painting. Uh, there's something yeah. that I'm always drawn to, the, to the dog in that one. That it, yeah. almost like the dog has character himself. He got this expression and uh, weird. That's yeah. probably the only
1: dog that I ever drew in my whole career up until COVID and. Uh, um, I had a bad experience actually. Uh, it'll be tomorrow. I lost my dog a year ago last year. Oh, I went into a downer. Actually, that minor piece that you saw, I actually uh, didn't pick up a pencil or paintbrush for 42 straight days, and I've no never done ever done that. But I was in a real bunk, and uh, so I had a friend that needed meet, the dog drawn, and I reluctantly did it. And we posted it on Facebook and boom, man, I think I've I've drawn like 45, 50 dogs since. And the best part about drawing a dog is that they will look at it and they can't tell you, that doesn't look like me, right? That's what I like about it. Yeah. I was draw a human, they go, well, you didn't get my nose right, or you didn't get this right, but with dog looks fine. I I, I, uh, I, did dog, I did a dog last night. Like I finished it uh, this morning, and you know she's go. Oh my God, you captured him. I'm thinking, I captured the photo. You know, basically. Yeah. I, I copy verbatim what I see, but um, but I do. Uh, I churn them out pretty quick, but they're fun to do. But I'm. Uh, I don't do, i do. Don't do cats. I charge nine million for a cat. Three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seems fair. Seems okay, very, I got no cats. It, it really uh, yeah, uh I
1: love, sorry. No, I love, I I love cats. It's just that they've got a, a fur base that's so scattered and difficult to to really capture that I'd rather just do do a dog if I have to.
0: But like I say, I,
1: I, I stray from sports to caricatures to sculpting. I actually did some sculpting for uh, oh. Star Trek show. Uh, it's coming and uh yeah you know that's uh, really funny you know, talk when about I was born, dogs god gave me two two choices be yeah good or be an artist and uh, obviously you know what i did
0: yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say uh you talk about the dogs not being able to complain about but what you do it reminds me the reason <laughs> the reason people say you know why, why, what is it about your career that made you want to get in front of the camera and do a podcast i'm like well I mean, sailors were notoriously good storytellers. We sit around on the bridge of ships or on the decks of ships and we're talking all the time, right? And uh, I remember when I was, I was a trainee, oh, that was, well, 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. I was a cadet on board of an oil tanker. And the captain stopped to talk to me one day and he said, now, young fellow, he said, what do you want to do when you, uh, when you get up and you become a mate or a skipper yourself? And I, of course, I was 18 years old and I was like, well, Cap, I said, I'm single. I so said, I think uh, the cruise ships is a spot to go for me. And he said, uh, "He said, don't do it." I said, "Why?" He says, it's "The only cargo that talks back." <laughs> so <laughs> That's true. That's true. I always remember that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. this is not about me. Moving on.
1: Actually, <laughs> uh, if you go back to that one picture for a second, if you can, yep. Yep. Uh, there's a logo at the bottom. The Rose Home. I yep. remember I used to, whenever I had to do some work for Dawn, even when Rose was alive, um, she would. Uh, you know, sit me down at the kitchen table. Don's upstairs, blah, 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 hit me down. But uh, when she passed, he uh, had me come to his house and I sat at his uh, at his kitchen table and he said, I want you to draw like a kid. Like, just don't do it. I don't want slick. I want you to draw like a kid. And uh, so I literally did that at his kitchen table and they use that logo as i did it like wow verbatim so it was so weird to actually do that job um one quick story about rose um well, i don't know if uh, well i don't know if don cherry eh. well there was a situation where uh they were trying to name the, uh, the mississauga junior a franchise and don cherry had bought it and um they had to name the um, name the team and I get a call from Don Cherry saying, Robin, Calgary, can you be at my place on Sunday, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, okay, okay. So I get to his place and what had happened was they had this contest in Mississauga so that if you could name and come up with the design of uh, the new name of the team, um, the, the person would get season tickets for the rest of their lives, which could have been three years really. Uh, uh, What Don Cherry wanted to do when he sat me down is that he had all these designs that people had sent in from Mississauga and they had already chosen the name Ice Dogs, but they still had other names going on out there. And Don's going, no, no, no. We're going to use the name Ice Dog. But you see this one? I like this one. I like the head here. I like this one here. I like that can you actually put that all together? And I'm sitting there going, and uh, so when I do that, do I win? He goes, yeah, of course you're going to win. I'm going, I don't think that's going to work because I work for you. I've done your shows. I've done your rock'em sock'em. I just don't think that's going to work. I was being really honest with him. He's a bit frustrated, but Weird, because by the time I got home, I had a message on my phone from Rose going, "Rob, you're right. You're right. We're we're gonna go this way. We're, we're not gonna do." <laughs> but when Don was upstairs, what's the goofy kid that used to play for Detroit? His name starts with a C. Dan right? Cleary, Cleary. Ryan. It was in Dan Cleary. So Dan Cleary. So um, Don had been um, a big fan of Cleary and. He had, uh, back here in Ontario, at one time, we used to have those vans on the side of the road to take pictures of you uh, for speeding. Mm -hmm. And so I I get to the kitchen. She's made me a cup of tea or something. I'm sitting there and she says, oh, come up to my fridge. And her fridge was just like locked solid with photographs of everything. And she said, so she points to this black and white picture and you can see this huge (coughs) white Lincoln. And... You got you got this huge pumpkin head silhouette and it's Don Cherry, right? And she says, look at look at how fast he was going. He was on his way to Belleville to see Dan Cleary. And I'm oh, hey, no. take a look at this one. And I looked at it. It was an identical picture. It's like the same car, the same pumpkin head silhouette. And I go, where's that? And he says, That's Don coming back from Belleville watching Dan Cleary. You know? So <laughs> this is Funny, funny shit that you see how people <laughs> <laughs> bridge doors you know
2: that's awesome actually yeah that's excellent
1: okay so I, I did a lacrosse celebrity game i had guys like uh brendan no brendan didn't come back he went to another one uh but i had guys like stan jonathan um uh, joe newendike uh a lot of uh Pro lacrosse players, uh, Alan Frew from Glass Tiger. Oh yeah. Actually, Walter Walter Gretzky was there. Uh, Don was there. Uh, wish I wish I knew this question was coming. Or I I thought. But yeah, we had a lot of celebrities. We had the Toronto Raptor dancers there. We had uh, um, just uh, a lot of radio personalities and TSN guys came out to play so and it was a promotion with these two lacrosse teams playing each other so this is actually uh at the side of uh, don's house he had to go get a suit on and and he tried to pretend to rough up the kids actually my kid with the monkey face yeah. is uh that's dylan and his best friend is justin wilson kirby Fallit. there goes the fall it name again oh yeah uh-huh. awesome but these actually interestingly enough these two kids now are Adults and their business partners. Oh, cool! And, and, uh, they do housing appraisals together. man. Oh, cool. wow. they're, they're lifelong buddies, best man, you know that kind of thing. That's All awesome. right, next. Yeah, so I started. I had a buddy named John Morgan. John Morgan was um, partnered with uh, tragically hip, the uh, the actual band. They started a cannabis growth. Yep. growth up. Band. I believe it's called. Uh, so John John Morgan. Um, his son was playing for my lacrosse team and John Morgan was a firefighter and um, he would always show up to my practices because he was our trainer and he, he always stunk a dope like okay. I say to my assistant coach I said this guy's fucking plowed every time he get right? <laughs> <laughs> I was sure what was going on right <laughs> he's, he's a, uh, he was actually a. he was in the grow up business, he was a real hands-on guy. So he would actually go into those grow ups and do all, I, I i don't know how it is, but it's the light bulbs and pruning and, but yeah, he stunk at dope all the time. But he made off like a bandit when they uh, sold, sold off his share. So he did really, really well. So he knew a lot uh-huh. of guys in, in the cannabis community. And I, I was asked if I would do a painting of uh, Bob Marley and in the tradition, there's something traditional between um, Rastafarians and lions and everybody out there who knows about it. will Well, what are you doing? Why would you do a painting that you didn't research? And I'm guilty, I, I put a lion with Bob Marley uh, uh, with a, you know, smoking, smoking a big dude, which you like to do, and, uh, but I wanted, I, I, I this kind of was like my my uh, Gord Downey. I wanted to show, like, if you look at the bottom section of that painting, you can see that I'm recovering the shapes of all those leaves. And I actually went around the whole painting to recover those uh, the shapes. So if you actually see that painting in its finished form, it might be in the later part, but yeah. So, and I, I also made this really cool uh, smoke coming from the dupe. Um, it's kind of going through the, the nose of the lion. So he's catching a buzz too, I guess. Oh wow. So yeah. yeah, but that was that was a fun piece. And the interesting thing about uh, marijuana leaves is if you try to glue them down, it's like a wrestling match. Um, oh, is you get the one leaf down and it's trying to get back up. It's it's almost like <laughs> you a, you put a lobster in a boiling pot, which my dad always said was a bad thing to do. My dad yeah. didn't be kate or i don't know how the newfies do it but
2: uh, we've done lots of that I, still you do know it. what i mean like
1: uh, every time i glue the leaf down it start to try to escape i'm thinking these frigging things are alive right yeah. so i finally did glue them down and they stayed down and then i painted right over top of them so what you see on the right was before and then you see the process so that was, that's uh, amazing okay, okay next
0: does uh does painting on the the, the the marijuana leaves bring up the street value of your fucking of your work or? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, the original one, anyway. Since they legalized I mean, nothing on that. So these are these are like the dogs that I was telling you about. But it's interesting because when I draw them, I literally. Oh, so we're, we're coming back to Johnny Tavares. So. What you guys are seeing right now is the backs of my Johnny Tavares with the A on the jersey. Remember, I told you that I spent like thousands of dollars getting those ones with the A's. Well, guess what? I just flip it over and I use the backs of them, so I'm making my money back. On- no way, yeah, that's what I've been doing.
0: $1,365 is the math on that paper,
1: <laughs> uh, okay? So Anyways, uh, each one of those things is literally the back of a Johnny Tavares print. So if anybody actually, in the year three thousand, take it apart, they're going to say, "Freaking hockey player doing on the back." <laughs> <laughs> and so people actually send me photos, uh, just on emails or on text messages, or whatever they want, and uh, I pick the best picture that makes makes it feel right. Like the, actually, the one on the left, the the, the dog with the ball, that. I did that for a friend of mine who, his dog had died the day before, and I drew that and gave it to him the next day. I left it on his driveway at his front door, and and uh, uh, I don't like, I, I just know that it it was the right thing to do, you know. Yeah, that's and beautiful. Work, that's, man. No, I don't do freebies all the time, folks. I'm just telling you that. Like,
2: yeah, that's right. This special
1: so, case. He was got to keep the he's lights a play, up, He's a high school guy and. Uh, I knew he was a hurting guy, and uh, he's a single guy, and that dog meant everything to him. So that's why I did it.
0: Listen, Rob, don't confuse us either for people who aren't who aren't uh, too proud to take to take freebies. All right? Yeah. We'll, we will take whatever yeah. you whatever you got.
1: Yeah, right uh, that's <coughs> actually. Uh, I did a caricature to Don Cherry, and because uh, he always told me that he had uh, an experience of being with the Leafs, and. I don't think he ever i i'm i'm not sure if he ever played an exhibition game but i always loved drawing his big pumpkin head and i also <laughs> i also uh i did another caricature of him of actually uh receiving he was on uh, i think it was rochester and they won the calder cup and uh, the other guy that was in the picture was a guy named jack butterfield I think it's Jack, but Don Cherry will yeah. won't give me shit saying it wasn't him. But, anyways, uh, he'll give me shit for doing this. But this was actually in uh, Don Cherry's book, and uh, I I was uh, really pleasantly surprised when I was in a uh, bookstore and I opened it up. Like, Holy! <laughs>
2: there it is. Yeah.
1: You get some. You get some pleasant surprises, and you're probably going to say, "Well, why wouldn't you get paid for that?" You know what? It's okay i'm i'm cool with that this is uh yeah the wendell yeah yeah so yeah we were doing this job for like the thing was cooper if you look at wendell's helmet that helmet wasn't out at the time so i had to create the helmet that they were actually manually they're actually oh, okay so, so nobody had ever seen it they had never seen the, uh, the supreme bauer hockey stick let me tell you the story I, i'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Wendell made a buck twenty-five for every one of those hockey sticks sold. Whoa. know uh, oh, That's what I th- I'm trying to remember, but I am probably gonna somebody's gonna challenge me on that. And I uh, accept the challenge. I may be wrong, but <laughs> he did make a good buck on it. Um, for Cooper, of- Cooper and Bauer, there were three divisions. They had the stick division, they had the Cooper Helmet, and they had the skates division. And all three. Um, we're supposed to pull up the money to do the, uh, the painting and everything. And when I got through the painting almost three quarters, um, the Bower Skate guys decided to pull out. And we were only a week away from launching this at uh, uh, yeah. Don Cherry's Grapevine in Toronto, right by the, the Blue Jays play. And uh, that's where uh, when you see Wendell and myself with the painting. But we had it veiled, the painting is veiled. And um well, when when I heard that Bauer pulled out, I think that they thought that I was going to keep the skates in. But those fuckers, I, no. I paid them out. As you can see, I cut the like people were wondering why I uh, I didn't do the full body. And uh, well, I'm telling you why because yeah. they backed out, and so I kept my eye on the guy that was part of that crew when the when I pulled the veil down I just wanted to kind of catch his eye and I knew he'd look right at me <laughs> so I was just like catch your cat <laughs> go, no. well there, done uh, yeah so uh, actually Wendell's got that on his wall at his house so yeah there it is there yeah it is. Oh.
0: this is Wendell but this is also our buddy Patty who uh jumps on the podcast every once in a while and he's the biggest Wendell Clark fan ever and he's got the same print on his wall as well which that, is really
1: that my print as well yep yep Oh wow, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, nice
2: and this guy, it. this guy loves his memorabilia and everything. Uh, Wendell and everything leaves.
1: I, honestly, at the time that I did it, I don't think Wendell liked the painting. Oh, I don't think he liked the painting. But you know what? He just kind of kept his face and kept his, you know. He, I I don't think he really, he really gave a shit. I'll tell you the truth, he oh, really? think that he was all about the hockey, all about the game. You know, I. I actually uh, ran into him a few times, obviously, and you know we always kept it as a business business relationship. But uh, he's a good dude. He's a interesting cat. I think he uh, he lived at uh, in a quad quad place with four other people. Like they had his agent Donnie Meehan, was in one unit, and uh, what's his name? Holler Cranston was in another unit and then Wendell was in another unit and then Manderville and Zezel were in another unit. So there was four of them. And I I, uh, I remember being at Wendell's place once there and it was kind of funny because you, you come into his place and he's got a pool table and right beside it was a hot tub. So you just knew that whatever was happening at the Madison Bar that night, you get the girls there, shoot pool, and get them in the tub. And then in the next room, you know what happens. Oh, yeah. It was, it was great. It's
2: the way it goes.
1: Yeah. Seeing a young guy celebrating like that, you know? So, of course. Yeah. But I, I also just remember a quick story I was going to tell you guys. Uh, when, you know, being with the Toronto Sun, I had a press pass. So I was allowed to go to the gardens at all times. And uh, um, I was just the guy who would sit in stands and just watch the practice, and I wouldn't say anything. And, you know, players, were there and you know some sometimes they would nod at you and whatever you know but I, I never went out of my way to be introductory to myself and so uh here I got a cartoon I'll show you I did it it was at a time when Tom Watt Tom Watts was um was the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs and he had a real I still have it here. Yeah. So he had a real issue with John Cordick. I think John Cordick was doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Obviously, it came out later. Yeah. Um, died. Yeah. But, um, I did this cartoon of, of um, Cordick yeah. hanging on a clothesline being hung out to dry because he's basically being blamed for. All the shit that was going on in Leaf Leafland, And, you know, I had a checklist. Is he washed up? Is he cleaned up? Suspended? Or is he being hung out to dry? So I did that, right? And cool. The cartoon. And so yeah. the following week, and he was being suspended and everything. And, you know, they were talking about it. But I was um, down by the dressing room door and I was just standing. There. I, I'm pretty sure I was talking to Bob McKenzie, and maybe I should talk to Bob about, about that. But what happened was, is that while I was talking to him, Cord came off the ice and he was heading to the dressing room. And then all of a sudden, he lunged across and grabbed me and fired me up against the wall. No way. Like, I mean, I'm I'm up against the wall, and he's got his face to me. And he's calling me a mutterfutter, you know, kick your ass, and all that stuff, and. And all of a sudden, they get us between them, right? And I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm getting tough guy, right? Like, yeah. skinny me. I, mean, what you, I said, <clears> and <throat> then he's standing at the door. He said, I fucking eat you alive. And I'm like, hey, I said, the next time I do a cartoon of you, you're going to be going to Newmarket, right? <laughs> and Newmarket was the miners st- yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. And uh, Saints. Following weekend, I find out that, that Cordix heading to Newmarket. So, I did this. <laughs> you know, well, cartoon of him standing <laughs> the city limits, crossing out the uh, population and adding a one, and uh, that was. Yeah. the like, I honestly. You're I, a brave man. I was a brave man, but I did it. I told him I would do it, and I did it. But I, you know, you know, once you see what had happened, uh, in the end, uh, I mean, I feel bad. Yeah. I actually did it to him, but. I did it to him. You got to live with that,
2: right? Yeah. I mean, it was, you were just doing your job as a, you know, you were getting interested in a a paper. I mean, you were current events.
1: But I didn't know how he found me because I'm like a a fly on the wall there. I I didn't rub with anybody. I just kind of kept myself. Somehow he found out that I was the guy who did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he had me, listen, he had me like his hands were two of mine. Oh, for sure. He was just a big, strong kid. Oh, for sure. Holy smokes. I knew I was in trouble. So, okay. We did that one. We're good. Yeah, this is the... I was... um, Entered into... They entered me into a contest, and I never go into contests, ever, because I don't like to lose. So... uh, But I did enter this contest, and it was the wing Gretzky, and they selected mine over a hundred entries, I guess. And so you, on the right, you see the printed version, like the left and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember like I captured his humpback the way he skates. I, I really wanted to bring my cartoony caricature feel to it by making that stick come right at me. Really pops. Yep. That was probably the biggest thing, but, um, the one thing that people don't understand in the art world is that there's a lot of people that draw from photographs, obviously. But the problem, uh, here, here's the reason why uh, photographs are suspect, because a camera is only one-eyed. It takes a picture of, like, to give you an example, if you watch, uh, you go and look at an old uh, Sports Illustrated, you'll see a picture of Joe Montana throwing a ball directly at you or the camera. And um, the hand, the hand is smaller than the face. When in fact, if the hand's coming towards you, shouldn't it be larger? So if right. you guys watch Marvel magazines and you see Superman, Superman's hand is here. And I look at the size of my head, right? My head's mm-hmm. smaller than the hand. Well, that's that's where I was really captivated by Utilizing the camera and interpreting interpreting what the camera was giving me, but also using my resources for my own um, learning mechanism of how things work. So you'll see that the one leg is fading into the background. Well, cameras do that, so I decided to take it even further by really fading it out. So there are things that I did. Um, that I still continue to do today. That really, uh, I use photographs, but I also realize that I'm enhancing things. You know, there's guys yeah, there right. that can take an absolute photograph and give you a photograph, but if if they're if uh, you tell them to draw the human anatomy out of their head, they they're they're lost. That's right. They yeah. don't know how to do it. So I mean. The, the, the term being an artist, I think artist is uh, is a person that's creative, somebody that changes things. Just like, um, but everybody else that's just copying a photograph verbatim, you, you know what? What are, you're photog- you're copying what a photographer already did, so that yep. photographer is actually getting ripped off. <laughs> so this yep. uh, this picture was actually done from a photograph, but I make so many changes that a photographer can't sue me. That's right. As photographers, will sue you if you oh, yeah. use their image, especially in advertising. They'll sue your ass. So uh, that's what I do. I, I deliberately go out of my way so that if his, I'll I'll literally move his arm to another place just to change it up. But yes, I am using the guy's images, but I even change it up, even in the face of it, they can't catch
0: me. Yeah. I love the glare off the eastern aluminum as well. That's yeah, the first thing got
1: uh, that's uh, that's dorky stuff. I I used uh, that swamp thing in the back there to get that effect. No. Uh,
3: yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that's uh we uh when the when the Toronto Maple Leafs didn't make the playoffs again, um, <laughs> we had. Yep. Uh, this is back when Johnny. This is the night that Johnny missed an open net. And he would have won the scoring. Uh, in the nhl but uh, oh, okay D- right 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 yeah. this is yeah. the last game so we went down to pittsburgh and what happened was uh, we decided to turn a bar uh, monahan's bar and grill in oakville into um, islander uh, central so that the whole town of oakville was going to root for johnny so i actually changed the new york islander logo and the n and the y was j and t j j Tavares and i it looks okay. it looks just like the logo. except It's the JT. but um, these four jerseys we brought down for him to sign so that we could do giveaways at the bar in Oakville. So I just took these guys. So those two little kids that you saw, um, Dylan and uh, uh, Kirby, Follett is there, and my daughter. So I took them all down, and we had jerseys. We wore these jerseys and. If you go into Pittsburgh wearing New York or Islander jerseys, this is a bad move to make. Especially yeah, if you're in the men's room and certain guys trying to piss on your leg. You know, which happened. yeah, you know, <laughs> no. I... One of the guys. Classy picture, but it wasn't me. But I'll tell you a funny story. Like Johnny comes out of the dress, like you know, he comes out of the dress room. You see how the the arena is empty, and and the only other people are people in the stands behind, and they're all family members waiting for their their kids, the sons to come out. Well, these two clowns, Dylan and Justin, grab Johnny, just like when they're kids in the dressing room. You know, I I told you about Sibling rivalry. Johnny's in a suit, and they got him by the feet and his hands, and they're they're dragging him up the stairs. And this guy's a superstar hockey player. And uh, it was (laughs) pretty comical. I thought that the security were coming to get us, but Johnny was laughing about it but yeah, but that's what I mean. Like he's still, he's still Johnny. He's still a kid, you know? Yeah. So anyways, uh, Amazing. yeah, that was a great trip. We actually drove down there. it took us four and a half hours and it took us four and a half hours to get back. And I guess we had to drive me. You know? Oh yeah. This, is, uh, this is, I did this for Johnny for his 21st birthday. So he could okay, seriously so drive legal, but his mom told me that he had already, um, um, gunned two of his, uh, bmws i think is that a bmw or whatever? yeah a beamer yeah he he banged up two beamers uh <laughs> because he's johnny so um <laughs> i i put him in a bumper car and uh i hooked up the uh you know that thing behind that hooks up to the electrical wiring i hooked it up to yep. the uh, that's where he celebrated his uh his uh 21st 21st, but uh, this will give you an indication he's a dork. Yeah, uh, guess what his favorite beer is? Mooseheads. Head. Oh, no me. way. What are you doing? So, uh, all, the, <laughs> all the bumper stickers, all the bumper stickers are like in the one corner is the Oakville lacrosse one, the New York Islanders, the Mississauga Tomahawks. He played for Buffalo Bandits, Team Canada, London Knights, Oshawa, and the he uh, played for the Marlies in the in minor hockey
2: yep and Rolls, actually, Rolls, yep.
1: actually uh um uh, the picture of the queen if you can get real close to it uh that's his mom in there. oh no way yeah i don't know she the other thing too is that johnny's nickname back on the team was fly because um he used to watch his uncle on videos all the time and his uncle used to use this one thing that he dove across the net you're actually allowed to Leap through the crease as long as your feet don't touch. He leaped through the crease and he'd throw the ball far corner, and the goalie would get beat every time. It's a fantastic play. Like, if you ever look at it on uh YouTube, it's it's amazing to see it happen. Well, Johnny, he's like I told you, he's as slow as can be, Uh, but he wanted to dive across the crease this one game, and when he dived, he he landed like a rock, like, he didn't even get. He didn't get any acceleration this way. He just went boom, and so when he got to the bench, we started calling him fly, right? So when I actually framed this thing up, um, it was in a nice frame, but in below, I found a beautiful oak leaf, and I put it inside an encircled embedded, but I spray painted the the, uh, oak leaf gold. But I found this green dead fly in my studio on the wall. <laughs> it was, it was a bitch, I'll tell you, but the glue on the four legs and I pinned it to that fly, right? So I sent it to, uh, I don't, well anyways, Bart pulled me up and she says, there's a fly stuck in the painting, right? So she actually thought that the fly got into the painting and I I, <laughs> <laughs> anyways johnny was he's the only one who got it when he looked at that he went oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, was
0: anyways, yeah
1: so that was uh yeah this was uh i ran a hockey or a lacrosse camp so all these kids that you see in here were all from my team and there's actually a couple of guys that went on to pro lacrosse but uh, johnny was in my camp and uh um, he would bring lunches this big, like his mom, she's Polish, right? From Polish descent. So they, they would give him these lunches that could feed the whole dressing room, but Johnny could just, <laughs> he could power it back. But yeah, we did a camp together and then uh, they ran a story on this. And there's some good quotes that Johnny talked about our program and how it helped them. So there's, there's a lot of things that we put into that program. And uh, I'm gonna give you guys an acronym Trollsapondo. Charles Sapondo. So trust. Trusupanda. Trust, respect, unselfishness, listen to instructions, stick to the game plan, attention to details, preparation, accountability, win the small battles, no fear, uh, discipline over emotion, outwit, outwork, outwill. And we live by that. That was our creed. And after every game, or even before every game. We would recite that because something would happen in that game that one of those those commandments of that troll pondo would jump out. Uh, you'd say to Johnny, uh, well, "What jumps out in, in this in this game? Attention to details or win the small battles." That was always a good one. The small battles. Uh, I'll tell you, if you've got a team that wins the small battles, that's when you see the scoreboard in your favor. So, um, yeah. So Johnny lives by the, that tralsipondo. Now he doesn't remember the word tralsipondo because I've honed it. But all those, like I, I decided to make it a word that nobody's ever used, but everybody knows it. So all the teams that I've coached the last ten years know pondo. Um Johnny and my team, they just knew the commandments. We didn't have a a, a thing to recite. It just it just came to me. So. The principles that make that kid, uh, I'm not saying that we did it. I think that um, whatever happened in the hockey world, I think their coaches did a fabulous job of John and honing him what he is, too. But I think that we're like a village, right? We're all trying to make everybody the best that they can be, right? Yeah.
0: My opinion, uh, I mean, John Tavares has been a a favorite player of mine long before he became a Maple Leaf. That just was icing on the cake for me. But the thing that I always, cause I I fell in love with John Tavares in his World Junior days. I mean, I just tell you, he was the greatest hockey player of all time. Oh, yeah. uh, but I always said, I feel like John Tavares has cherry picked life, like he's really he's really went into life and took all the good things out of life that he needed to make himself. And because uh, I mean, he, he, to me, he's an, just an exemplary hu- exemplary human. I mean, he's just there's everything about him is is fantastic as an individual. And then you look at his work ethic and his skill sets and He's just cherry picked life, and uh, and that's why I'm such a huge fan of his for no other reason than that, to be honest.
1: That's a big amen right there. Yep. Uh, he is he is what he is. There. Uh, these are like private commissions. I have no idea why this person wanted Tom Petty in that painting, but I am an artist. Uh, I'm a hired gun, and if you want, if you want me to put uh, Dolly Parton in there, I'll put Dolly Parton. In there. <laughs> so, anyways, I had a lot of fun doing the Keith. Yeah. I just Keep couldn't figure out why we put that in. But hey, you know what? Um, um, I really love working on his f- fingers because he has that big skull on that one yeah. I knew that, that famous skull ring, skull yeah. Ring. And, and I also noticed that he wears those sweatbands on his head, and he, he pulls it right back so he's got like a six head instead of a four head. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, so I had fun doing that. And I, I really I, I love doing cigarettes, even though that they're bad for you. I just love the smoke coming off of it. I like that. You haven't heard yeah. Keith they're, Richards anyway. Why why you had a pink guitar is because the client wanted him to have this pink guitar. Yeah, this is uh Wendell and I we were at the Dew Street dining right across the street from um Toronto Sun. Well Toronto Sun is a bit of a walk, but um Yeah, Wendell and I signed all these prints and uh, had a great dinner there from uh, a buddy of mine who owned the bar named Jim Kalutis and Billy Kalutis, they fed us and uh, Wendell was really, really, he thought the food was fantastic. He went upstairs and met Jim Kalutis' family and they were all little kids and I think Wendell actually inspired the one little kid because he wound up at least getting a scholarship at uh, Doverport as a goaltender in the in the uh, university and uh, he actually wound up going to the sphl mm-hmm. so i mean um wendell was taking shots on him upstairs with a nerf ball uh so it was kind of cool to see uh, a big kid and a little kid having yeah.
0: fun. yeah Remember the first time i seen this photo off my first thing, my first thing was now which guy is wendell clark oh, yeah
1: are you kidding me
0: I was like, this is that Wendell Clark and his stunt double. I'm like, what, what is I this?
1: Think, I think, uh, yeah, but he, he could smoke me no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is me shaking hands with uh, Cal Ripken. I like the oh, picture in the, on the big Jumbotron screen. You can see the painting. Actually, I think I, I, I have the uh, the newspaper clipping, I can show it in that so little corner.
2: Oh, cool, it's
1: right there. That was. That was the newspaper picture of uh, me presenting the thing i found i found that when uh it triggered my memories so yeah so yeah keep going guys i didn't i didn't mean to oh. derail it so oh, uh, i always jump back Rebkin's a big one yeah yeah that, that was one week after 9-11 so the whole uh, the, the whole sports world was shut down
2: yes it was yeah.
1: So this is a type of things that I do for clients where um, there's somebody in the crowd that's actually the client that bought this from me, but he well, I... didn't know I was doing it. I found his picture on Facebook and dropped it in. And so he never knew he was in there for about a week until he called me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no way.
1: Yeah. So, but when I do these drawings, if you look at the paper, all I do is I, I start from using a Prismacolor pencil. And I just start drawing and, and see how it unfolds. I, I, I don't would do roughs when I do these things. I just draw. And if there's a screw-up, I just leave it and keep going. But um, these got popular because uh, I wound up doing another one for the guy. And I think you might have it up ahead. I don't know. Is it the one with the last shot with Ka- Kawhi Leonard? Uh,
0: I don't think I have that oh. one.
1: Oh, okay. These are actually leaves. So I can show you one that's the real deal. You guys wanna show this one Um This is, these leaves, are, these leaves are handpicked and laid down to form the shape of the leaves. And then I, I literally, I don't know if you can see it, but it's, 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 it's a dog's breakfast. That's all I can say. It's like leaves are actually touching the glass here and it's so ripply. But I do That's the great. actual logo on there. And these, these are the actual leaves on the very edges, right? And uh, yeah, so.
2: They're fantastic.
1: Anyways, so keep it going, boys. Yep. Sorry, boy. Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: So I, I tried them in white red. Yeah, this is Gary Batman. <laughs> This is when they they had the lockout, and Gary Bettman was an asshole, in my opinion. Now, if Gary does see this, I've changed my mind. I think he's done great things for the game, but I just didn't like all these shutdowns and lockouts and everything. And I knew what he was doing, but he was being an asshole. So if you actually look at the – it looks like an asterisk on the shield. It's That's a bump. A you never see it. Right? <laughs> right? It's a or muscle, right? And so, yeah. actually, if you look at the, uh, the the logo on the top, it's a, it's a tease form of butthole. <laughs> like, there's a butt, right? So there's a butthole. <laughs> and, uh, the details the butt- are incredible. <laughs> the Butthole's the butt on the, uh, the leather helmet. So I, I found Captain America, and I like that kind of helmet. So I put all these details into it. But, you know, like I've got it as a plug and I've got the Stanley Cup as the rubber thing from the uh, plunger. plunger. Six-pack of bear. He's got the gold jockstrap. Who knows what that means? But uh, if you look at the logos on his chest, those little circuits, they're all little pucks, but it spells (laughs) down. And he's got a cape for the American. I I know I I kind of spent too much time on that poor bugger, but no, That's great. Yeah, it was fun to do, and I gave him I gave him um, figure skates because I I just couldn't see him wearing real hockey skates.
0: So should we boo Batman now? I guess just boo. <laughs>
1: like I say, you know I think he's done great great things. Yeah. The game, so, yeah. yeah. So the unfortunately we got a, a blurry Gord Downey, but the, there you go. Um, yeah. Those things are for sale. Like uh, uh, I think they're 23 by 20 in size and they, they sell for 150 framed up. Uh, the one oh, on the wow. left is actual leaves and uh, I paint Gord Downey on the single leaf and then I mount it on the top of that circular design and the leaf that's in the uh, embedded thing, I put the Tragically Hip logo in there. Mm-hmm. And I, I was selling those for like five, six hundred bucks a piece. But uh, there is a lot of work that goes into those. No things. doubt. You a, you a <laughs> fan of the
0: hip yourself, Rob? Or?
1: yeah, I love the hip. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. too.
1: Yeah, isn't you know, it? They say, yeah, yeah, this is uh Gord Downey or uh, Gord Gord. Yeah, Another yeah, the guy, Gord. Yeah, he was Tim signing a painting that I did at the consummate dinner right at the table where I I had just finished the painting. So it was nice, it was was good to meet him. Actually, the painting wasn't done, but I had to get him to sign because he had to get up to the head table. Because if you look at the one leg, I didn't get a chance to paint the the white band. Yeah. But I I finished it once it was done, yeah.
3: Yeah, He really liked that
1: painting. He asked me if it was for sale. There wasn't much I could say because it was being auctioned off. That was what I was doing, so. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, this is me, and uh, I'm. this is 2014. It's two months before the 70th anniversary for um, the D Day. Uh, and mm. um, I was sent over with a crew of guys, and we we're all volunteers three French Canadians and the English guy. Uh, so, we had to um, take down uh, all of the, the paint because these things hadn't been painted so, since the 40s. And so we had to uh, refurbish two of these uh, military installments. And we finished um, three days ahead of schedule. So uh, I decided to bolt and uh, I went and rented a car and I went to Dieppe because one of my friend's father was in Dieppe during World War II. So I wanted to make a, pilgrimage there then i i uh i went right across france i wound up with Vimy ridge i think i had 700 dollars in speeding tickets uh, oh, no because way. they have all those um, cameras on the highway and yeah you get on a french highway and you're and you got a Frenchman behind you they're freaking out if you don't speed right so yeah. I'm, I'm getting pushed to speed so i speed and i had 700 tickets but um what you see on the far left was my inspiration. As I, I got to uh, this town in Belgium called Eeps and it's Y P Y P S E or something. It's spelled it's Eeps. and there were some major, major battles there. You probably probably heard the word Passchendaele.
3: Yeah. So
1: the, the, all those area, that whole area was just crazy. Like I mean, people are still getting killed from. Um, Unexploded bombs from. Yeah, North. that's right. Crazy. And uh, so uh, this was my inspiration. I was actually in the very spot, supposedly, uh, where he, uh, John McCrae, wrote the uh, poem, um, Flanders Field. Yep. And so I just had this locked in my head. Now, if you guys take a look at the white shape that's embedded, uh, all the gravestones in the military force um, have that exact circle embedded into the tombstone with the Canadian flag and then who the soldier is that that gave his life for our country so that's the shape that I wanted to really um, get across and I actually went to a, a lawyer and I actually secured the rights to that shape because the Canadian military hadn't been in a war which needed these kind of tombstones since uh Uh, World War II. I know that Korea it was not considered a war it was something else but they said they never renewed that copyright. So for fifteen, it cost me 1500 bucks. I own the copyright. I could have actually gone out and made these tombstones and made it work and I would have been making out like a bandit. But uh, my lawyer phoned me and said that the Canadian uh, military overrode my copyright oh i lost it so what i did was i came up with a plan b and if you use a real real maple leaf that's made by god let's say and you pick it you dry it you paint it and you put it on and it looks like their copyright it isn't theirs it's the one of a kind because copyright infringement is when you multiple you know multiple things so yeah, every one of these things I do one at a time. As a matter of fact, I'm doing 25 of these this weekend for the Legion because um, they just made an order. But yeah, uh, so I had that poem uh, etched in old copper, gold, copper, and gold mixed together. And it was fairly expensive to do that. But I wanted to get the essence of the antiquated look. I wanted it to look like a 1918 piece, you know? Like, yeah. They used to use those crazy looking banners across the top of that. Yep. So that was a uh, that was to me. Uh, I think that what really sold it was I don't know if you've got that picture of the heart with the gravestone. I don't know if uh, you, I'm not so sure was, you... My, my dad was a World War II that and his best friend was killed in Holland during uh, Operation mm-hmm. Market Garden, and he was shot by a sniper, and he was buried in a little town called Groesbeek, and. I knew that I had to go see him. I had to go visit my dad. It was sort of I had to fulfill this, right? And I remember getting to that graveyard at seven o'clock at night and the sun was going down. And it was just me and like three thousand, three thousand soldiers laying there resting. And it was it was very, very emotional. I don't know what, you know, you're oh, you caught is. up in something, you're by yourself and you finally get to where you want, and I literally did not know where he was buried. I had to walk to every grave, and the cool thing was, and I, I, if I ever get a chance to do it again, I'm going there with three thousand poppies in a bag, and every one of those graves is going to get a poppy. But when I left Canada, I had sixty-two poppies in my in the bag because that's how many people were in the town of Donkin, which is just south of Glace Bay. Um, and that's where George George came from. And um, when I found his grave, I spent about 10 minutes making a big, huge heart shape of using poppies, right? And I left that there. And honest to God, man, I've got that picture. And every time I see it, I got to stop and just take a good look at it. It's kind of cool to meet your dad's buddy but yes. In a weird way, was, uh, obviously he's not. He's really not quite not the experience. There, but, but to be there to know that uh, another McDougal came to, to visit, and his name was George McDonald, so you had McDougal McDonald. So it was great. It was really great to mm-hmm. do. That. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that trip. That's uh yeah, Matt indeed myself. That's uh oh no, no that's Wendell. No, no, oh, no. I thought that was Wendell Clark. Uh, Copyright
0: yeah. infringement on Wendell Clark's appearance. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, we did that signing. uh, I don't know why they made us pose like that, but, yeah, that was in the paper.
0: Nice. Yeah.
3: That's That's what it
1: was,
3: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is me. I'm coaching Team Australia. Um, Honestly, I coached a lot of lacrosse, and uh, Australia was looking for somebody to teach them the box game, and um, they – the weird thing is is my ex-wife is australian but it had nothing to do with um, her at all and she's australian but uh, team australia phoned me up and asked me if i would um, come down there and teach them the game of across and then bring them up to the, the world championships and oh, cool. uh, yeah so i went down in 2003 during sars i don't know if you guys remember sars oh uh, i do uh, uh, i got stuck in quarantine down there in australia so it, was, it wasn't fun back then. But, uh, yeah, I coached these guys for three, uh, three different tournaments. And uh, one was in uh, – well, the cool thing was my son got to play for me for Team Australia because his mom was Australian. Oh, so, no way. So he would – like. no offense to you, Dylan, if you're ever watching this, but you, you weren't going to make Team Canada. But <laughs> you, you were a lot to make Team Australia. So – <laughs> and, and Dylan did a great job. But um, I do remember our very first game. These guys had never played uh, Team Canada, and Team Canada was the best in the world. They had John Tavares' uncle on there and everything. And uh, I do remember that I was interviewed at the end of the first period, and they asked me, what I thought after we were down seventeen, nothing, and I said, "Well, we were right in the game until the national anthem was over." <laughs> <laughs> but, but Australians are a funny bunch. Eh? Like they, yeah. they, they, do all these rules. They impose all these rules. Like I mean, you're going to charge two dollars if you're late for this, and do the next thing you know. There's uh, by the middle of the tournament, they're all breaking the rules, right? And uh, one particular day. We, we had a horrendous tournament because they were just getting their asses kicked and they weren't very disciplined, but they're really amazing athletes, but they, they just weren't gelling as a team. But one morning we had a, a team meeting where everybody was supposed to be there at eight o'clock in the morning. I get to the lobby and there's there like six of my players all sleeping in the lobby on the couches, which didn't look good, right? It's not good optics. They're sleeping on the couch. They're sleeping behind the couch. They're under under the curtains. And I'm going, what's wrong with these guys? And where's the rest of the team? So I go up to the second floor, which is our floor. And I'm walking down the hall. And there's a sock on the door, sock on the door, sock on the door, sock on the door. door. And I'm going, ah. So that's why all these guys are sleeping downstairs. Because all these guys have got girls in the room, right? So I bang in. Then I get to my son's door. And there's no sock on the door. So I I know. the <laughs> door. And my son's there. I said, why aren't you down here? He says, I slapped in. I said, get your ass down. He says, He says, knacker was fucking a the chick all night and he was doing a right on top of me. <laughs> I couldn't get to sleep. <laughs> so, the premise of our team was when I got, got them down to the restroom before our game, I said, you know, this is the very first time that I actually witnessed team on this, this team. <laughs> so, um, so Because we were considered a shitty team, at the end of the tournament, even the tournament officials were kind of lagging. Like we were in uh, Prague, Czechoslovakia, and it's our final game of the year. And we're playing United, uh, playing England. And they were doing our warmups and pre-game and the refs come up to us and said, yeah, the guys, uh, the guys over there at the penalty box, uh, they lost your national anthem. So we're just gonna go, go ahead and play the game. And I said, no, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And I said, come back here. And the ref says what? And I says, hey, if I get my team to sing the national anthem, would you, do, would you allow us to do that?" You go, yeah, sure. Okay, so I got uh, Kefa, who was our captain at the time. I think it was him or Hammond. Um, and I said, "Once I you to get your guys together, you line up on, on the line, and I want you guys to do your best to sing the national anthem." And it was, a, it was probably the best highlight of the tournament when the arena was silent. Well, it was silent because nobody's there, but it was also uh, just full of parents and family and everything because it wasn't. Very well attended game, but these guys, when they sang that song, uh, their national anthem, it was so loud in the arena. You know what happened? The English team all stood on their line and they started to sing uh, "God Save the Queen." And some goof in the clown from England had one of those gazoo's that goes, eh, 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 eh. you know, <laughs> it, it was great. Yeah. It was great timing, but that was the. that that was a great tournament. At the end of the the game, uh, the Aussies and the the Brits got together and shook hands, and they were actually pretty happy and proud that they actually did that. It was a pretty cool thing. Very cool. So this is James Dunn, and if you look down at James' uh, right leg, James was 12 years old. He had um, the exact same cancer as uh, Terry Fox, and Terry had to have his um, leg removed right at the thigh down. Now, in James' case, uh, when they removed his lower leg, they took his foot off and literally attached his foot backwards. So his heel was facing you in this picture and his foot would be backwards. And the reason that they did that so that when he had his prosthetics, he could hook them on with comfort and he could have full mobility with his, his, his actual ankle became his knee. Now it was a really fantastic, like to, to see it without the uh, prosthetic on it's, it's pretty odd looking, but very effective looking. So, um, how I met James was through Bob McKenzie. McKenzie gave me a call and it was actually the night that James was to have the surgery. So somehow Bob McKenzie hooked up with James and uh, anyways he uh, wound up um, Bob gave me a call one night and says can you help me out and I said yeah what do you want me to do like I'm there let's jump in so um, I wound up giving him a lot of apparel and and artwork to do fundraisers like this one but um, when he turned 15 the cancer came back just like Terry Fox's did in his lungs which is not a good sign when it returns but somehow the chemotherapy that james took uh worked and i think james now is 20 years old and he's probably the top player on our sledge team for team canada right now oh wow so it's a great he's a great story and he's a he's a really good kid like uh solid his mom and dad his whole family great great people and uh um he's uh, James has had a lot of support. Both Bob and I still uh do James uh we'll try to attend his games and stuff like that. And pretty amazing to to watch a sledge hockey game, I'll tell you. It's a it's a pretty dirty, rough game. Yeah, they had There's, the world championships just, in, in
0: Newfoundland a couple of years ago and I was gone at the time. I, I didn't get to isn't see that it.
1: Amazing? Yeah. Crazy. But he's, uh, this kid's uh he's skilled. He's uh like I and he's actually a big kid like right here he's he's probably 18 years old but i think he's like six three now but he's a big dude um i think he would have gone somewhere in hockey had he uh had this not happened to him mm-hmm. but look at uh, it shows you his athleticism
0: yeah absolutely i, I
1: just i just like that i don't know take a look at the it looks like there's just too many freaking hands in there
2: yeah no you know I saw so- that bottom one the bottom one doesn't look right
1: yeah. That's really, hard. I guess that's his
2: hand. Yeah.
1: That's weird. Yeah,
0: this is right hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. It's definitely not your hand. <laughs> You're <eight feet> long.
1: <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough.
0: I
2: saw that earlier. Yeah.
1: yeah. This is when Brad came to Toronto. I don't know if you guys uh, were popular with the lease uh, like you like the lease like you do, but this is when oh, he, yeah. went down and he did his press conference. And uh, this is the same year that, uh, Obama came in and Obama had a poster like this that said Obama and it had all these colors in it. So I just thought I'd do um, Brian Burke. Actually, I think Brian Burke got one of these shirts himself. Probably. Um, yeah. the, the big words of the day were belligerence, truculence, testosterone.
0: Pugnacity. And,
1: he, <laughs> and you know what? He had all the right intentions. He brought in Kessel and stuff. And, you know, I just, uh. I just knew that that kind of game wasn't going to work. You couldn't slow them down. So on the right, you have uh, obviously a few years ago, the world's most popular or the more, world's most interesting man with uh, DeSoccles. He always says, Stay thirsty. Stay yeah. thirsty,
2: mm-hmm. I thought it was Joe Thornton.
1: That's why I had, yeah. Well, you know what? The <laughs> way I, I draw right now, it could be transitional, it could be me in, in the <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. a lot of people don't notice that i slipped in the stanley Cup. you see where i slipped it in i do not
3: hold on now
1: it's in the smoke ah oh. so it is so, wow um, and i also slipped in the stubby because that was the last time yeah. i really one. and i had put the cigar in because uh the Socos guy did that and also uh, i know ricky Vi thinks that's him
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> so what's up with the 45 you, know,
1: you too, uh, 45 on the sleeves years that time then 45 years since they did 45 it, years it wasn't burning i changed that and when we did the uh another round of t-shirts i put 67 because okay. I, I would never have to change it again right
0: yeah yeah and, right
1: and hopefully i i don't have to release this again
0: i hope no. i hope you never sell another one of those shirts after this year oh yeah we'll make an no offense them. but hey Double zero is the new number that will go on that one.
1: So this painting on the left is painted on leaves again. And uh, that was a fundraiser that we did in 2006 for Team Canada. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, That was the cover for the Toronto Sun. The Toronto Sun used to, uh, that was the thing about the Toronto Sun is that, Once I got in, remember I said I was working 125 a week, then they started bringing me in for the big jobs, doing uh, things like this so that they would literally, you know how um, uh, the newspaper is folds like a book form? Well, around the the whole newspaper, they used to do these wraparounds. So I would do these full paintings and um, the the fans would go nuts and they say, we want prints, so I remember, I made a lot of money off of uh, doing these campaigns because the marketing department was taking all the orders from people and I was making a piece of the action. So it was great. I was mm, do. I, I wound up doing one. I think there's one up there in the corner. I don't know if I can move my thing for you guys.
2: Yeah, I was looking at some of your baseball. I uh, was a yeah, huge Bo I, Jackson if I, move
1: fan. My, uh, if I move this thing up, I don't know if you can see that. But you can see the Batman, like the one on the inside there, there's a picture of the Leafs. That was one of the cover wraparounds. And that one was the biggest seller because cool. that was the year that um, the Leafs made it so far. You know, they, uh, they got beat out by Gretzky's. Uh, yeah, in 93. Yeah, it was 93. You know what? I, what? What happened this year with that referee in hockey? Uh, Tim Peel, Yep. You know it made me think right back to 1993 when Wayne Gretzky clipped uh, Gilmore. It was blatant. He he clipped him, and he didn't even get, he, he didn't get anything. Nothing. Nope. And I said, that told me that the league was rigged. I just said, eh, you know what? You cannot change my mind. You guys yep. no, should have got to the front.
0: They would have beaten the Habs had. too, I think. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Yeah, time. so
1: this is another. Uh, th- actually, this wasn't a wraparound. So this was a sports, cut co- like the cover of our sports department. So this would have been. Um, I got really busy because the Jays were really doing well, right? And so, uh, every everything to do with the Jays, I was doing it in Toronto, and uh, so this was the uh, the lineups from the Chicago White Sox against uh, the just guys that I thought were the game breakers for the, the big season. hurt
2: Yeah. yeah. The big hurt Frank Thomas so I was a big fan of him too yeah, I
1: like, yeah, I like, I like Thomas. Thomas and then Paul Molotar and I forgot the guy in the top he's was a first baseman I can't remember
0: Johnny Olerud. Olerud
1: Olerud and then the, the pitcher was like MacArthur or something or Nick uh
0: that's the guy know. I didn't I can't remember yeah I don't know that one either
1: I can't remember either
0: Johnny Olerud batted what 400 yeah. a year in our season I was I was actually uh, on the first uh,
2: baseball photo you you put up, and had uh, a couple of the Atlanta Braves. I've been watching a lot of the old Atlanta Braves pitching videos of Greg Maddox. Like yeah, I can't get it. enough of that. I can't get enough of it. I just watch like fifteen minute yeah, right. videos.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So mm. these were uh, all these things what you would have found in um, in the hockey news publications. Uh, I I used to have an actual page in. Uh, in the ho- inside hockey magazine called uh, Face-Offs. So that you see Face-Off in the corner. So that uh, caricature, of Joe Sackick.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That was a fun painting because I had never used it before. So that was uh, my first attempt at doing an oil painting. But it, mm-hmm. obviously it is caricature driven. Uh, obviously the uh, Eric Lindros was not, that was actually done for a charity a fundraising thing. Uh, the the Wayne Gretzky one on the far left. I can't remember what, what happened with that. I know it was in some magazine.
0: Now, Rob, you told me you went to New York one time to get uh, get something signed by Lindros, and yeah, you got Lindros. your son into the into yeah. the locker room.
1: So what happened was uh, it was uh, just four months after nine uh, eleven, and uh, I did a painting of uh, Eric Lindros because he was on Team Canada the upcoming. Uh, I think the tournament was in uh, they won the tournament Lake, not Lake Placid, down in uh, Utah or something, I can't remember
2: Salt Lake
1: Salt Lake, that's right, Salt Lake so yeah. um, the Consummate Dinner had um, secured Eric Lindros so that uh, I could do the painting to do the fundraising for the Consummate Dinner and that wasn't the painting that you're looking at here it wasn't the one I did, I um, did him in the Team Canada uniform And I had to get a special permission from Team Canada to actually use that uniform. But uh, this required me to have to fly down to New York City to get uh, Eric to sign it. And I thought it was a great opportunity to take a 12-year-old, my son, down with me because I wanted him, basically, I wanted to go to Ground Zero where the two buildings went down. And I just thought it was important and it was a good age for him to take it in and see what the reality of it was and um so my son came along but obviously we we had some funny experiences because um they made um Lindros a healthy scratch because he had something going on with his thigh and they were trying to save him for the uh the olympics so he was a healthy scratch that game so my son and i wound up going into the um ranger dressing room and it was just me uh eric eric was riding the uh whatever that exercise bike is working on his leg but we're watching the hockey game in the dressing room and we've got the prints on the floor and every couple of minutes eric gets off the bike gets down and rates a few and then he gets back i mean he wants to watch the hockey game so we're watching uh, the rangers against the islanders and the games just going nuts, and Theron Fleury picked a fight with a big, big guy. And uh, remember McCarthy? McCarthy was a big, tough kid. He was yeah. also a Ranger, so uh, a big, huge fight was going on the ice, and we could hear all the rumblings because we're we're in the, we're in the Gardens, right? We, we hear it all.
2: It's all above you. Yeah.
1: We're watching the game, or we're watching the fight. So when you see the referee dancing through and flurry to the, the door to enter the dressing room it's, it was kind of comical because we're watching it on screen and all of a sudden uh, you see him go down the thing and all of a sudden the door goes up and he goes holy fuck did you see <laughs> that? Oh and then he looks over at my kid and says who the fuck are you <laughs> just he didn't know what to say and then, and then in comes McCarthy and McCarthy was just as f-bombs this and And then it was and mother you know i was just it was a pretty comical but uh my son and then the whole team comes in because the end of this first period so we're sitting we're we're in the middle of the dressing room and the dressing room is full of guys right surprisingly how many guys smoke cigarettes during between (laughs) yeah that that was interesting but but the next day um Uh, We were staying at the Edison Hotel, which is the cheapest hotel in New York. And we wound up going to uh, see uh, where the World Trade Center was. And it was still oozing smoke. And there were still bodies coming out with flags on. And I forgot they had some symbol that they knew that a body was coming. Like it was a signal to everybody in the area to remove your hats because somebody was found there bringing them And But the thing was like, it was, it looked like a big cauldron and all this smoke was still oozing. And I remember we went to a uh, Greek restaurant, you know, the pickup pickup cheeseburger, cheeseburger, one of those <laughs> kind of places. And they've got those uh, little bar stools and you sit at the thing and, you know, Dylan, my son being 12, he like, he was doing the spins on the seats and rolling around. And even though he is 12, he's acting like an eight year old, but what he noticed underneath the, uh, underneath the, the counter were all these plates and all the names of everybody that came to that restaurant that were killed at uh um world trade center oh, yes yeah. and the seats that we we're sitting on th- those were covered and uh, that really boy both of us both of us just went wow the, the reality that we're actually eating in a restaurant that thousands of people perished yeah and this was one of their favorite places so it was almost like entering a shrine of some sort and uh, but it was business as usual that day even though it wasn't usual yeah so, it's heavy so that's uh johnny and i in his mom's kitchen uh johnny pretending to be taller than me and, <laughs>
3: uh,
1: that's the original painting that's in a bar i got a a bar that I, uh, I, I I frequent when it was uh, open, um, but they're Sri Lankan-run guys, and you know the only sports they know is chasing donkeys, right? So I didn't know what you know. <laughs> I always give them the gears on that. So you guys and your donkeys, but uh, <laughs> their, their walls like they're called a sports bar, they're called a sports kitchen, but they had um, pictures of Hawaii and. Uh, paris and everything on the walls and i had to tell him i said that, that's not gonna cut her i said you gotta get rid of that stuff and I, i'll tell you what i'll do I'll, I'll hang my stuff here and that's what yeah. i want to hang my stuff here then i started selling my paintings up the wall so there, no way. there you have it yeah
2: it's, i love that tim horton drinking them tim I hortons love
1: tim that horton. one yeah. yeah so yeah I, I did that for uh Chet Couture, who is uh, Logan's dad. So I guess Logan turned 31 a couple, three weeks ago. And his dad always uh, wanted to give him something that he thought was unique. So I, once again, I laid down the leaves as you can see and then did the the, the logo on top. And I went downstairs and framed it up as you see. So you can, you can really jazz up a, an image. Yeah, no doubt. And so uh, the one on the right, that was Taylor Hall. That's when he was in his last year of... uh, um,
2: Windsor, I guess.
1: Windsor, yeah. And um, he he actually helped me paint that leaf. And this was auctioned off for cancer. Uh, He had just lost somebody in his family to cancer. So there was a perfect synergy between me doing what I was doing with my turning that hockey player so that hockey player if you remember that's uh that was inspired by uh paul henderson scoring that goal so i if you look closely there's skates and there's gloves and stick all i have to do is just place a a leaf in the middle and it becomes a person right okay yeah that's how it works and uh i've sold a lot of those over the years but yeah so that i met that was before he got drafted and and uh, they've got film on, on my interview because like, I had to sit with him and I told him he would be the number one pick because he knows how to win. Cause he's, uh, he was on two, um, uh, sort of Memorial cup teams, uh, mm-hmm. all through his uh, minor hockey He was always on winning teams. And yeah. I play, uh, I've coached a lot of hockey and a lot of lacrosse and uh, win is a contagious thing. And you can learn, you can learn to win, you know? And, uh, that's something that I think that the Leafs are going to have to get through this year, and I think they will, because they got the right guys. They've got that's right components. Like I didn't think uh, I didn't think Boston would do well with uh, Taylor Hall, but I didn't either. I'm wrong again, right? So mm. but there's just, a
0: theme. Like, there's a theme here. Yeah.
1: So I think, but he is a winner, uh, and uh, I think. Uh, Austin saw that, and you know what? Good for them. He's a he's a yes. really good guy, a good kid. Yeah. yeah. Once again, you get your. And this is uh. I turned our first uh, our first prime minister into one of my kiss characters for celebrating awesome. his 150. birthday. And those leaves that are on his head are real leaves. So awesome. That was a T-shirt that I sold here, and we sold a ton of those. And uh, I can see why. You know it was, it was fun to do uh one woman actually uh tried to slap me in a bar thing thinking that i put the queen she thought i was the queen <laughs> how dare i do that to the queen? <laughs> and then i told her i said the problem with you ladies is that y'all start to work the same at that age you
3: know? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> well you gotta that's give them the
1: they're giving you the gears you know i'll tell you that's remember right remember that uh i was telling you that's you know uh um when John Cherry got fired, the following morning was uh, like, when he got fired. No, no. The day that he got fired, it was the Monday morning. And I went to that bar and I bought all the, all the poppies out of the, the box. And my buddy and I went to the cenotaph for the service. And what we did was um, anybody who didn't have a poppy, we gave them a poppy just not to be an asshole, just to give him a poppy, right? So um, I even gave one of these guys, you know, those uh, ATF guys, those uh, security guys, the police use with those big guns. I gave him one. He he says, give it back. He said, he he told me to approach him because he's on, he's on duty, which was, I respected that. Right. So then we went up to uh, my buddy's father's grave, who was a war hero and we left the poppy there. On the way down, my buddy needed to drive back to work, but we wanted to duck in and have a beer at a bar. So we went to this place called Gator, Gator something in Burlington and uh, we walk into the bar and my buddy's got a boot cast on because he had had surgery on his ankle. So he wasn't too functional, but we get to the bar and we're sitting there around the corner and we're waiting to get served. And uh, we're just talking a bit and they've got this bar that's got a crew of guys. It's kind of like cheers. They're all in one corner, and they make fun of everybody. And uh, me and uh, my buddy were strangers, so they were kind of giving us the gears a bit. And we didn't do nothing because we're in our 60s. What are we going to do? Punch out every fucker around? Who knows, right? So I, uh, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden my phone goes off, and my wife Sandy sent me a text saying Don Cherry got fired. And I immediately looked and went, holy shit, Don Cherry got fired. Just like that? And all of a sudden, these guys in the corner all fucking started cheering going, yeah, get rid of that fucking asshole. I'm going, "Ah," oh. And I'm looking at Jeff, and I'm we're just kind of quiet. And then all of a sudden, I just got this idea. I noticed that nobody at that bar was sitting there with a poppy. Not one of them had a poppy. So I got up and walked around, and I handed a poppy to the guy beside me. Poppy, poppy, poppy. I put about nine poppies around the bar, and then there's two side tables and I put pockets there. And then I sat down and I just looked at them and they just looked at me and none of them, nobody would touch them. And then I just said, you know, when Don talked about you people, he was talking about you fucking people. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we nearly, we nearly got in it and my buddy's sitting there in a walking cast. right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, we didn't even, we didn't even pay for our drinks. We just left them and walked out of the bar. And he he hobbled right behind me. But yeah, (laughs) we had a little run in there. So, what you saw? This is uh, Andrew Collegliano, and uh, I got commissioned to do the painting of his thousandth game. But he um, started out with Edmonton and then um, went to Anaheim, and then he's currently with uh, Dallas. Now, he finally got his thousandth game, man, but they. They had to really tape that guy together to get him to the thousand game because I know he was a hurting dude. Oh, it had to be. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that was a uh, that was fun. That's uh, yeah. this is one of those uh, face-off pages again. Basically, yeah. I had blonde. I could do caricature. I could do realism. Whatever I wanted, or I I could just try uh try an experiment. This one here was an experiment because I actually used real gold paint so all oh, okay' was real gold paint so yeah that was fun I remember uh, I think uh, McDonnell yeah McDaniel contacted me about it but I think it was already it was already sold yeah. incredible so yeah I'm a big big fan of Terry Fox and uh, I started this uh, tradition way back in the 90s Johnny Tavares was uh, at uh, uh, Terry's grave but I brought my initial Team to his grave, and it was a fluke how it happened because uh, we had a day off in lacrosse, and it happened to be a holiday that day. And I was in one of those white spot restaurants, and I overheard a guy uh, saying that it was uh, uh, Terry Fox's birthday in two or three days. I think it was July fifth or something, and immediately I went, "Wow, where is Terry?" Right. So I literally went back to where we were staying. We were staying at the uh, Simon Fraser U- University and they had a library there. And I found out the exact location where uh, Terry was buried. And I loaded up our team bus and I took my team to the graveyard. And we all stood around the grave. And it was uh, an interesting experience because uh, just the way kids think at that age, like, who is this dude, you know? And other guys will say, that's the guy that tried to run crash Canada and stuff. But the one guy said, why is there change all over the, uh, like, like? why are there coins and change all over that? And I said, well, I said, people are leaving donations. That's how they leave donations. So as soon as I said that, one of my players, Johnny Black, I don't know where he got all the coins, but he emptied like $15 worth of change out of his pocket, which caused everybody there to... Uh, unleash their goal, right but an oh, interesting cool. thing happened on our way in as we were driving so we we had all these big vans right and so we had, um, ed follett was driving the one behind and we were in the league van And all of a sudden when we were pulling into the graveyard this three-legged three-legged dog ran across in front of us and uh, i just looked over at my assistant coach and i said this is kind of odd because we're going to go see a one-legged runner we just saw a three-legged dog yeah. so we get to the grave and ed Fowler comes up to me he says did you see that three-legged frog or that <laughs> fox and i went no way he says yeah that was a fox and i said no three leg yeah that that really happened so if you ever talk to justin justin fallett he'll tell you what that's wrong so ask that him, sure. how flicky would that be
2: that's um, wild
1: yeah yeah. So, um, this is at this very same time I was doing, uh, the John Tavares print and I'd have to go to, uh, Brian Aramworth's place at, uh, Brainwurst. And, uh, I thought Eddie Shack lived there because every time I went there, Eddie Shack was there. Right. And, um, but, uh, Eddie Shack was coming up with this particular book and, uh, Brian Aramworth was running the pro- program, and I was just, I was just stopping by. We we're going over a few things, and then in comes uh, Shaq, and he is just like full of, like, it's like full in a china shop when he walks in. Yeah. But he let me wear the ring. But I was surprised yes. how small his fingers were. Like, look at, like uh, I couldn't get my uh, the ring over my knuckle. If you look at. Oh that. yeah. But he's a good guy. He, he he's a real character. That guy
2: yeah it's always you, been known
1: you ever know that story that apparently he, he, he really didn't know how to read right like so uh-huh. uh, the night that we went to his uh, his book book opening uh, he was sitting up at the table but he had a woman sitting beside him and then people would come by and say what's your name oh my name's Ted to my buddy Ted it was written by the girl and then Shaq would sign it right? oh wow so, but uh, do you guys know that story that when uh, he was uh, with the Leafs and uh uh, his name, Billy Ray was the coach of the Chicago Blackhawks and he was kind of making fun of with the fact that uh, um, um, Eddie Shaq couldn't even write his name if he could, you know, because uh. it, it, he didn't have the skills. Well, that night in Chicago, uh, uh, Shaq went in on the play, scored the goal and came by came by the bench and yelled, hey, you motherfucker, G-A-O-A-L. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: you ever that story yeah that's the first time i've heard that
2: that's uh, the first one yeah
1: <laughs> he's, a, he's a character there's a um uh, the, the game they were down like five to two now like they're no they're down five to three with two minutes left and shackey was had been sitting on the bench for two periods and all of a sudden the says shackey get on the ice get on the ice so shaggy jumps on the ice and turns around hey coach do you want me to tie the game or win it right
3: <laughs> you guys understand
1: it you know because they were down by two goals he's just throwing them out there for now yeah so this thing here this uh they inducted me into the uh my town is oakville and there's ed follett in the purple shirt by the way mm. um and these guys were all people in my life, and they brought jerseys from teams that they had played for on me. So I thought it was pretty cool. And I got a silver plate that you can put your uh, roast beef on if you, you, know, mm-hmm. if you really <laughs> carve it up. It was a good, good thing. Good night.
3: Excellent.
1: That's the end of it there. Yeah. Thanks for uh, doing that for me, guys. That oh,
0: that was amazing! Great. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's the best way to do it well i'm not going to keep you any longer because we are in i'm, I'm actually gonna to have to trim some of this down <laughs> like, right, what are, you we're uh, we're past full full length feature movie time here so no uh we really want to thank Better. you for, for, for taking the time man uh like i said when your name was passed my way i was like really seriously because I, I didn't even really know how to get in touch with you at the beginning but anyway i was familiar with your art but i was like okay so taking the time to talk to a couple of Newfie boys late in the night uh yes. stories uh we really appreciate it I'm not going to forget this one it's so,
1: amazing it's, excellent. There, right?
0: yeah, it's late 1.30 I got a message though from Kylie our, yeah. our, our co-host she sent me she said she says this is this is my sad face so yeah and, uh, she said to say, say make sure to say hi to Rob she says she's looking forward to meeting you at some point and uh hopefully we can get you back on so then we'll just maybe just talk hockey for an hour or so and talk about the Leafs maybe in the playoffs even so well,
1: thank you mm-hmm. uh, real pleasure
2: to be with you guys i really liked it oh it's a it's all ours all right. <laughs> wow man you know what? that was a lot of wild wild stuff he said on there
0: it's <laughs> <This laughs> like, marathon i'm thinking to myself this is way too long for a podcast but how the hell do i trim any of it out because this is this is all golden stuff like this is just juice
2: just all kinds <sighs> of juice in there man
0: so it's gonna be a challenge, but guys, when you watch this podcast, you're gonna be watching the shortened version because holy hell, holy hell. I don't even know how yeah. Rob's got a voice left. He's he uh, he obviously thoroughly enjoyed and himself. It, and and he, he, was he was good to go. Helping. Yeah. There's yeah.
2: lots more. That the guy is I mean, he's just been bumping elbows with everybody forever.
0: Forever. Almost forty years. Yeah, absolutely. Across to hockey and everything in between and all the celebs along the way. And he's <laughs> He's a fairly humble guy too. I mean, like he's not the kind who, you know, troubles people for autographs or you know, it's kind of you know on the phone all the time trying to trying to get dropping names and trying to get you know uh, things his way. Uh, people respect him for what he does, and I think he he pays that in return. And uh, the fact, like I said, that he took some time, <coughs> excuse me, some time to uh, talk to us tonight. I'm just I'm still blown away. Just That's... such good content.
2: It's art and attention to detail. Like you got to appreciate those little details he works in everywhere. That's a.
0: But I think now what, what, what stands out to me, my, 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 my final thought, I think from this podcast is that now that I've met the guy and got a, what I consider to be a good feel for his personality, like his art oozes his personality, you know oh, what I mean? Time. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, I, like it makes sense to me now like they like the, the, not that it didn't before i just it made sense to me before as amazing art now it's like oh that's that's mcdougall to the to the yes. core <laughs> so now if you enjoyed what you heard uh thanks for hanging in for the to, to the bitter end because it was a it was a long one but a but a good one our longest one yet um if you're looking for any more content from us you can check us out on uh, facebook www.facebook.com slash deeks uh, catch yeah. us on Twitter, uh, at Selly Deke. Um, you can get us on uh, our own website, www.deeksnipecelly.ca. And, of course, our audio feeds, which is growing on the daily. Um, the only catch with this one, guys, when you're doing a podcast about an artist, there's a lot of visuals. So if you're listening to the audio and some of it doesn't exactly make sense, uh, jump over to the video podcast and, uh, and give it a listen there as well. Yep. You'll see we we went through a litany of Rob's art there at the end. And uh, that's where he was juicing us with stories. So, again, uh, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, uh, basically anywhere that you listen to your podcast. So, Yes, indeed. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening and, uh, and watching. And like I said, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already on YouTube. So, yep. I guess that's it, Chad, man. Anything from you? No, man. It's so all good. It's right. amazing. Peace <laughs> out, guys.
3: All right. Cheers.